Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode, episode two of the Expedition Cinema Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're talking about some of the film that I got to in last year's releases, hitting kind of the biggest box office hits, some of my personal favorites from the year, and a little recap of how my first Oscar season went really invested. I didn't have a whole lot of success when I went to try and pick the correct uh, award winners for the year. Um, but that's a, I did watch a ton of the stuff that was nominated, and um, even though it didn't pay off in the way that I wanted it to necessarily, with me you know putting my friends to shame, uh, with you know getting like a hundred percent of my picks correct, uh, I still found a lot of value in those picks. I'm not gonna go through the entirety of the Oscar picks and you know, how it all shook out because that's gonna be a list a mile long, but. Um, Let's just go ahead and get into the top 10 box office hits of 2022, and we'll just go from there. Um, I do need to explain a little bit. It's not going to be the actual top 10 performers of the box office from last year. I am going to acknowledge those that made that top 10 you know, money-wise, even if I haven't personally seen them, but I didn't want to talk about them, you know, even just giving a synopsis if I have not seen them, because I, I really am a firm believer in that notion of, well, if you haven't seen it, try not to prejudge it. Obviously, I falter here and there, but you know, I, I really try to see something so that if it's bad, I can call it bad, and I feel you know, confident in that, and vice versa for something really good. Um, but top 10 of the year, number one, should be the most obvious, James Cameron's uh, Avatar The Way of Water made $2.3 at the box office last year. I've spent so long like so so much of my life has been spent believing that avatar from i think it's 2009 i always thought that that was just the most overrated overblown like movie of all time i just thought it was really not that good to deserve the number one spot and you know then when it re-released to then take that spot back from avengers endgame that just kind of furthered that narrative for me that it's just why would you do that? That, that seems so stupid to me. But um, regardless, I went and revisited that movie and then went and saw Avatar The Way of Water. Um, and both are groundbreaking. They are. Uh, James Cameron is a little insufferable as a director. Uh, yeah, a lot of my friends know that I'm, I'm not the biggest James Cameron fan, uh, even though you know I don't think there's another director out there today that can make three hours feel as entertaining as engaging as well paced but man it the as a personality i'm not the biggest fan but anyway i'm getting a little off track um avatar really simple stuff just high concept colonialism set in a science fiction kind of a post-apocalyptic world it is really enjoyable i think it's kind of groundbreaking for the kind of uh the mocap that you know a lot of movies use now and even a lot of video games use now to produce some really great stories um avatar the way of water no different uh, i found that you know even though we kind of are capitalizing and continuing jake sully's story and natiti's story like it's still unique it's still new it's still fresh it's it's not something that feels rehashed or redone it's visuals that we haven't gotten before it is characters that are built upon and built upon the introduction of their family is really 
kind of the best part of this new film it really is that family dynamic you know that this is what fast and furious is trying to be okay this this is the blockbuster you go see to talk about family okay i'm just saying we can move on it was a really good movie i liked it a lot i didn't think it was the best movie of the year easily the best visual effects of the year but you know even for how unique it was and how much it expanded upon the world i did feel a small bit of rehashing it is a lot of the same shtick but you know that's it it's not a bad movie it's really enjoyable i'd absolutely recommend it Uh, moving on the second highest grossing movie uh, of the year last year 2022 was top gun maverick 1.5 billion dollars all of these amounts are going to be worldwide amounts including that 2.3 billion um top gun maverick i haven't always been the biggest tom cruise fan Uh, in fact i would say that i've avidly been the opposite of that i haven't seen well okay that's not true as of the recording of this episode i've seen the first mission impossible i've seen rain man and i think that's kind of it that's that's like my tom cruise essentials list that you know i think most people would you know mark as the absolute essential for him that i just have seen and i've seen nothing else jerry Maguire, nope i haven't seen that I haven't seen eyes wide shut nothing like that but um anyway back to top gun the original top gun i didn't really enjoy that much i gave it like a five out of ten i thought it was really basic and really not that interesting um but this movie kind of captured me a little bit a lot of people gave it five stars four and a half stars i gave it four i didn't think it was you know extremely groundbreaking but you know it is a really really well-made movie a lot of the characters are a little basic kind of stuck in their tropes stuck in their um little niches uh for most of the watch but i thought miles teller was great as rooster i thought seeing tom cruise reprise his role as maverick was pretty great too um, there was a, there really wasn't much to dislike about the film other than the fact that it's you know egregiously uh, dipping into this you know pro military stance like it it doesn't waver on that at all which is something it has in common with its predecessor um, that said fun movie i definitely recommend it uh, it's definitely worth a watch but uh, will i revisit it in the next year year and a half probably not i'll probably wait a little bit longer Uh, the third highest grossing movie of last year was jurassic world dominion one billion dollars one billion dollars guys this movie made a billion dollars is that is that i mean that's shocking to me i i kind of hate that i i really hate that actually jurassic park that whole franchise and honestly the genre as a whole this you know dinosaurs in modern society i really like that genre a lot but barring the original jurassic park from 93 and the you know reboot of the franchise in 2015 with jurassic world the first one i kind of think most of these movies are bad and this one was no exception it was an awful film it had very little focus narratively it didn't know what direction it wanted to go in and truly it was just playing on nostalgia nostalgia cgi monsters nostalgia and for me 
parts of that can work, but I really just thought that it was a money grab. And hey, you know, props to them. It worked. You know, I'll give them that. It worked. They made their money, but golly, man, could you have made something more soulless? It was just dissatisfying. And the work that they did with, like, Owen, uh, you know, Chris Pratt's character, the work they did with Bryce Dallas Howard's character, Claire, I just, it didn't land at all for me. Their development across this trilogy really just has become so shallow and disinteresting there's not much to kind of grasp onto and get interested in and you know tie that along with a bunch of other characters that get introduced that don't really get fleshed out don't really have too much interest to them and the unbelievability of some of this stuff like i understand that in the lost world jurassic park the second movie they made a child kicks a velociraptor out a window but I kind of thought that was a one-time deal. I kind of thought, oh, you know what? They're being ridiculous, but this is not going to be a staple. Nope, it's a staple. It's it's fucking ridiculous. It's been ridiculous ever since then. Um, But that said, we can move on. I really don't like this movie. I would not recommend it. Uh, Number four, the highest grossing movie, was uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. $956 million. We're out of that billion-dollar club. I I think my opinion is a hot take on this movie, I guess. I really didn't enjoy this movie. I thought it was incredibly disjointed narratively. I didn't think they, you know, fleshed out characters as much as I would have wanted, Um, but I will say that I haven't revisited this movie since seeing it in theaters. So, you know, am I really able to stand by that opinion? You know, I don't even remember when it came out, but it feels probably like more than a year later. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, maybe upon a revisit, I'll like it more because I've seen more and more people warm up to it. But I will say that the hottest take that might come out of my opinion for this movie is I might just not enjoy Sam Raimi that much as a director. I kind of think that his visual style just doesn't speak to me in the way that it speaks to a lot of other people. Um, I really enjoy Evil Dead. That's a great franchise. So, you know, I don't really know why this movie didn't work for me. Maybe it was the blending of those styles, but... To be honest, the characters made illogical choices at times. Uh, The new characters just didn't really work well for me. And uh, overall, I thought it was kind of a visual mess, too. I thought that this is the movie I went and saw that I was like, okay, Marvel is a little bit on the downward slope here. Like, I'm not really interested in this anymore. Like, it's starting to lose me in a larger sense of the universe. Like, I'm not having fun. Um, but like I said, I know that's not really a mainstream opinion. Um, I thought that Elizabeth Olsen was great in this. I didn't really like the gimmicky parts of it, but it is what it is. You know, the movie came out, some people liked it, some people didn't. I'm not one of those people that, you know, really enjoyed it. I kind of had a poor time with it. Uh, The fifth highest grossing movie of the year was Minions, The Rise of Gru. This is the first of the three movies on the list that I have to skip because I did not see this movie. It made $940 million at the box office, which is a little unbelievable. (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'm just way underestimating how many kids actually go to the theaters? I don't know, maybe that's on me? I'm really not sure, but either way, I didn't get to see this one. I 
may watch it in the future i may not minions i haven't always been the biggest fan of but let's go ahead and move on uh, black panther wakanda forever 859 million dollars at the box office that was the sixth highest grossing movie of the year i really liked this movie i thought that it was a great send-off for chadwick i thought it gave Letitia wright a lot of room for growth i thought it did a lot for okoye and especially a lot for winston duke's character and baku i thought they did an amazing job with his character and namor is an amazing villain too i think it's yeah, it definitely has some of those typical MCU problems that we see a lot recurring these days. Uh, the big CGI fight at the very end, um, you know, these poor pacing issues, kind of a, a lack of really deep, intense character development that we do see from a lot of other film that is kind of drawing us away from the comic book genre. But I thought that this film kind of broke through that noise just a little bit. I definitely think that they got into the depth of some of these characters. I just think they could have done a little more. Uh, Ironheart was not my favorite out of this movie. Her suit up and, you know, her whole thing at the very end. Like, it just didn't work for me very well. But I do like what this movie did to kind of set up the future for this cast of characters. You know, in the context of the MCU on a larger scale. Uh, and kind of on a smaller scale too the action was great um yeah i just had a really good time with this film uh, ryan coogler he is just a really talented director he works with a really talented cast i wish they would have used um uh, i wish they would have used nakia a lot more in this film because she kind of felt like uh, i don't know what the word for it really would be kind not the butt of the joke but kind of an afterthought that's what i'm looking for he, she was kind of an afterthought um but i tell you what who was not an afterthought angela bassett queen ramonda ruled this movie and it broke my heart when she died i i am so sad to think that i'm never gonna see angela bassett in a marvel movie again that absolutely kills me um but she gave such a great performance i'm really shocked she didn't end up winning the oscar for that but uh, regardless we can move on Number seven of the year was The Batman, $771 million. This film was amazing. I thought that this film was fantastic. I loved it from start to finish. Is it three hours and is it too long? Yeah, probably. But to be honest, I enjoyed it so much. The grittiness of it, the noir aspects of it, the way that Matt Reeves builds these characters through nonverbal cues i love the way that he does interpret batman's story and you know something that i think really played well for him in this film was that you know he didn't really have to rehash the origin story to get going with this film you know as christian bale's batman movies age i do think they kind of fall a little bit by the wayside dark knight i don't think does but I do think that Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises just kind of falls a little bit with in comparison to what we have now. But yeah, I, I just, I love the way that he built these characters, built the universe. He made Gotham feel like a real character in this film. Um, yeah, I just had such a good time with this. And Robert Pattinson did not disappoint. As soon as he got announced for Batman, I was pretty excited because um, you know I, I do think Robert Pattinson is a very talented actor you know regardless of 
you know, whatever, if you might consider Twilight a shameful past, I can understand that. Uh, even though I, I do have a, a decent time with those films, I know they're not very good, but, um, well, actually, I, I know that they're bad, but a- anyway, beyond that, I thought he didn't disappoint. Uh, I thought that Paul Dano as uh, the Riddler was fantastic as well. Nothing about that film disappointed me. It met all of my expectations visually as well. Um, moving on. Thor Love and Thunder, $761 million at the box office. What a disappointment. Like, truly. I was so hype on this movie before it came out because it gave me all of the reasons to believe that it was going to be fantastic. You know, it had the Guardians in it. I didn't know how involved they were going to be, but, um, you know, it had a minute, so I was kind of hoping they'd use it for maybe like a quarter, maybe like a third of the film. Realistically, I should have expected a tenth, which in reality was what it was, um, but regardless, um, it had all the pieces. It had Taika Waititi returning, it had Chris Hemsworth returning, that kind of trademark funniness, that humor that we loved in Thor Ragnarok. I was hoping that they'd be able to find that blend of action and comedy really well, but to be honest, they disappointed a lot with that film. Um, I really just couldn't find much of the humor that I was looking for in it. I like some of the character choices they made, but uh, visually too, the CGI was pretty rough. There is one point where a child is literally a floating head and it might be the worst vfx i've seen in a blockbuster for a really long time um i i just i was i i don't really know what to say uh, that's left it was just extremely disappointing um you know i like the kind of subtle finish they brought for thor you know i really enjoyed some of the visuals some of the fight sequences and christian bale's gore was pretty great I also really liked Tessa Thompson, but Korg got really old really, really fast. Um, Russell Crowe was a whole goof in this movie. I wish he would have been a little a little scarier. Uh, Roy Kent is in this, which is so weird after finishing Ted Lasso. That is so odd that Roy Kent is in this, but... Anyway, I again, just disappointed. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend... Oh, I forgot to mention Doctor Strange. I would recommend. Black Panther would definitely recommend. Batman, wholeheartedly recommend. Thor Love and Thunder, yeah, skip it. It's really... It's one of those movies you could probably put on the background and get the gist of it. That's really all I took away from that. The next on the list is Watergate Bridge. I didn't look up anything about this film, I'll be honest. That probably makes me an American snob, but it is what it is. It made $627 million at the box office. Nearly all of that was overseas. Um, I don't know anything about this film, but hey, it made the top 10 list, so great job, Watergate Bridge. That's all I got for you. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish was next. A huge drop down to $481 million from 627. I really like this movie a lot. A lot of the animation reminded me of Into the Spider-Verse, and you know, I think that they really capitalized on that comic booky style really well while kind of maintaining this fairy tale structure. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of the voice cast. I thought they were all perfectly suited for their characters. I really enjoyed the um, depictions of like anxiety, 
and panic attack that we got to see um especially in like an animated cat definitely not what i'd expect going into the movie and you know aside from loving all the little cat isms like when the doctor hits his knee with the um i don't even know what it's called but like a little hammer he does like a rare and like <laughs> bats his face a little bit i think that's hilarious and i really loved it um i was definitely in the theater just like with one of my friends i was just definitely in the theater like pss, pss, pss. but anyway um i like the film a lot narratively it really works for me i really like the magical aspects of it uh, villains a tad underdeveloped and that's really my only sore spot i don't find any of these characters like overly annoying like i usually find in kids movies but um yeah I, I i liked this film a lot i would definitely recommend it. it 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 is absolutely worth your time next up is moon man again one i didn't look up <laughs> um again most of the money made was overseas but regardless uh 460 mil at the box office that ain't bad that's way more than i'll ever see in my lifetime so props to you guys who worked on moon man uh the next up is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I'm not going to talk about these last two. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it's Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore, and Uncharted. Both came in at $407 million. I didn't really like either of these movies that much. Um, I, it's weird how many of these films that just didn't really work for me very much. But yeah, Fantastic Beasts... It was a pretty hollow story, it wasn't very engaging, made some questionable character choices, and Newt, your main character, was kind of on the outskirts for most of it, which is really odd. Uh, like, as a director, why are you making that specific choice? Um, I like Jude Law a lot, so, you know, it's no surprise that I was able to sit in the theater for the whole time, but... Had someone else been casted, had Mads Mikkelsen not been in this movie as Grindelwald, I probably would have walked out. It just wasn't interesting, and although some of the VFX worked, the story just didn't match its energy. It just didn't. And Uncharted is somewhat similar in that, you know, it's working off of source material that is really, really good. Those Uncharted games from the first to Uncharted 4 it is just phenomenal adventure game but here's the thing tom holland is maybe just too young <laughs> i'm sorry you might be just too young to play nathan drake nathan drake is like a 25 26 27 year old dude and tom holland while he may be close to that age he doesn't really look like it and you know i don't think it's all his fault I do think that Mark Wahlberg as Sully didn't work for me very well because Sully in the game is an old man pretty much. Like he's, I think, nearing 60 and Mark Wahlberg is, I don't think, 60. But again, it was really just the look of the characters. You know, maybe that's my fault for going into the film. Like, okay, I'm expecting these versions of the characters. Oh, I'm disappointed that I didn't get these versions of the characters. You know, maybe I could have met it more where I was at, but you know, narratively it didn't flow all that well i thought that it was kind of a pale reflection of indiana jones um which wasn't a great feeling during the film retroactively you know you know afterwards in hindsight like yeah it it probably would have been a lot softer of a blow but yeah i definitely thought in the middle of the film uh, i think specifically when they took that uh 
they took the uh, ship up into the air i was just like oh man the production quality of this kind of takes me back to indiana jones and it feels kind of copycat ish i'm not really enjoying it too much and with that that's the end of the list that is the 10 biggest box office hits of last year that i saw personally and the three that i did not see unfortunately I think the only ones in that list that i did not see i think the only ones that i'm gonna see is minions the rise of Gru. that feels really shallow for some reason but it's truthful um yeah i think i am gonna move the oscars reactions to next week kind of just blended in with the start of the 2023 so far recap um because we're running a little long on time i don't really want to make these solo episodes so so long for you guys so let's just do five personal favorites from the last year and we'll be done for the week Uh, first up is i think the most obvious for everybody I, i think a lot of people universally loved this movie um i think the only issue that people had was how long it was and the way it was segmented but everything everywhere all at once was a phenomenal movie truly truly just defined a great year of filmmaking i think that the daniels locked into something super super unique here i think that it's a great great depiction of the multiverse a great depiction of family of generational trauma and choosing to break that cycle it's got phenomenal performances in it the cinematography the angling the different coloring and vfx that they use throughout the film are just unbelievable they're just kind of jaw break or jaw breaking (laughs) they're just kind of jaw dropping for a lot of the film um and this film made me cry so hard so many times and i just didn't see it coming the first time and it, it stuck with me forever i gotta say that i do think it's a valid complaint to say that the story beats are a little odd Uh, i do think that um it it definitely leaves a little bit to be desired especially when we see it segmented into those three different points uh, everything everywhere and then all at once i do think it's a little odd but that said i thought it was easily the best movie of last year um I, i definitely think it deserved all of the acclaim that it got Uh, second was the batman i already talked a little bit about it but i do hope that this kind of defines you know remakes for comic book characters in the future that you know we don't really have to rehash origin stories all the time we can just jump in tell a really satisfying story capturing the essence of a character the essence of the city that they inhabit the essence of the people in that city and the ideals that they hold and that they represent um i think we can accomplish all of that without really having to rehash why we ended up there um i do think that this movie is such a cinematography snub at the oscars i'll dip a little bit into that like i looked at this movie from start to finish a couple times and i'm just amazed with what matt reeves is able to do with so much practical effects and camera work it's just the angling of some of his shots the way that he chooses to depict certain scenes is really symbolic and really engaging for the audience and you know, i feel really upset that you know it might have gotten snubbed because it fits within that comic book uh kind of superhero genre that 
is i think routinely snubbed at the oscars it's getting more and more relevant and you know i do think that it's time to just get rid of that stigma like we're getting close but i don't think we're quite there just yet Uh, my third favorite of the year was tar i loved tar and yes it's because i love kate blanchett i love kate blanchett so much i'll watch anything she's in any anything i love her as an actress she is so phenomenal in everything she does Um, This movie really is just a testament to how much a powerhouse performance and a director with a talented visual language can really empower a a movie to kind of go beyond what it's presenting. It is really long, um, but as a lover of classical music, that might be why it really worked for me, Um, because I had such a great time with this film. Uh, I loved the depictions of, you know, orchestra. I loved the, you know, breaking of her psyche and how that's kind of conveyed through uh, different, um, you know, symbols on screen, you know, different things that happen during the film. I I really, really love um, the performance and the circumstance that kind of created this character. My fourth favorite of the year was Close. I loved Close so much. I am so mad it didn't win international feature. I'm so, 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 so upset about that. I I loved Close so much. It broke me. It absolutely destroyed me. That movie was so sad. It delved into such interesting ideas about masculinity, uh, about childhood friends, about you know peer pressure. And that was always something that I kind of had to deal with growing up internally. Um, so, you know, it, it hit really hard for me. Um, and, you know, it's kids. When things, tra- when tragic things happen to kids in film, it fucking breaks me. It really does. I cried in theater for, I don't know, like 10 minutes. And, like, once I left the theater I started crying again I couldn't stop myself it was so sad it was a really really sad movie I'm glad I saw it with somebody because like I I don't know if I would have survived had I seen that on my own like I would have just I might have just sat there in the AMC like crying my eyes out waiting for the usher crew to come and kick me out like that was such a sad film and I, I had such a such a good time weirdly with it um i definitely thought that was so deserving of best international but it is what it is um anyway i'll 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 not go on about how much close you know wrecked my life (laughs) um my last pick of the year uh, and then we'll wrap up was babylon i really loved babylon and i don't know why it got shit on so bad i thought babylon was a fantastic film i don't think that it's um chazelle's you know damien chazelle's best movie i do think it's maybe his worst i haven't seen first man so you know tbd but um i definitely think whiplash and la la land are better but yeah i don't know why this film got the hate that it got i think it's easily a nine out of ten movie it assaulted my senses in the best way and you know maybe a prerequisite for loving filmmaking was necessary for this but you know, I and I do think that that trope is a little overdone. This oh, I'm a filmmaker and I'm making a film about how much I love filmmaking. I I know that that is kind of a tiresome concept, but that said, I thought Damien Chazelle did a great job of weaving it in. You know, amongst all this crazy abnormal crap. Um, that said, yeah, it's a little overly gross. Um, 
but uh, I don't think that ruined it for me at all, at all, at all. I had such a great time with the film. I thought Margot Robbie was great. I thought that her and uh, Brad Pitt did such a great job at kind of depicting this fall into obscurity that a lot of actors experience. Um, and I thought that you know the depiction of a love of film was really a great thread that got pulled all the way through. That you know even if we kind of lose sight of morals, we kind of lose sight of our footing, we can still hold fastly to this one thing, this ideal of being part of something bigger, and that bigger thing being filmmaking, telling stories. Uh, that That's really, really engaging for me. Anyway, all right, let's say that that's the end of the week. This is a really long episode. I'm sorry, guys. This is going to be shorter in the future. But uh, we next week, we're going to hit the Oscars from last year uh, that I promised you this week. Um, and we're going to get into 2023 so far. Uh, it will likely still be me, uh, just me, next week. Um, but hopefully from then we start uh, getting some more people on here. I do have a couple people that are a little bit interested in coming on and talking about various things. Um, going forward, I will say that likely what I'll do after this third episode is part one will be a theme uh, and part two of an episode is just going to be kind of a weekly recap. In any given week, I'm watching at least five, six movies, so... I don't think it's the worst idea to just give a little recap of what I watched for the week, especially if it's going to keep us updated on, you know, current movies. So that said, thank you for listening, guys. Um, uh, leave any thoughts you have on Twitter. I'm really active on Twitter. <laughs> um, and uh, leave a review, a star rating. Really helps out the podcast. And I will see you guys next week for 2023 so far.